24 minutes it is after 8 p.m. We did say you let double head your tech conversations on this uh, Wednesday. We will bring to you the latest uh, in the world of technology, some of the advances that are happening. Uh, You know, it's not one of those things where you can just sit and say, I couldn't be bothered, actually. I'm unaffected by it. Because we live in an age now where everything is digital. Uh, Information flows are at the highest they have ever been in the history of the world. Right, um, you know, somebody was saying, uh, data, for instance, is to the 21st century and where we are now, what steel was to the 20th century, um, or what uh, oil was in terms of, I guess, uh, if I can use this uh, tautology, oiling the wheels of industry, and that's where we are. Uh, and so, I guess uh, we felt it important today to take a look, uh, as we did the other time, uh, at uh, the uh, big reveal of uh, Apple. We're now taking a look at the big reveal of Huawei Connect, editor-in-chief of Infonomist and tech writer for Business Report, Wesley Dipuku, uh, was on a fact-finding mission in China. And he attended the Huawei Connect 2019 conference and also visited the headquarters of Huawei. And he joins me now on the line to talk to us about some of the things uh, that uh, he uh, managed to uh, discover there. And uh, more importantly, what uh, this, uh, what uh, the latest developments in the uh, trade impasse between the U.S. and China mean for you as a Huawei user. You might have a Huawei device uh, and uh, be using Android software. And you might be asking yourself, uh, what will this new operating system mean for the uh, utility of your particular device, its functionality, uh, and its uh, continued presence in your own life? Wesley, good evening to you, my brother, and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Good evening to you, Abonga, and thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to be chatting to yourself and uh, your listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Wesley, for joining us uh, this evening. Mm. Wesley, I want to maybe start with your fact-finding mission in China. Let's maybe just give us some brief background and context there. Wafuga, and you were like, ah, let me go uh, to, to to China and uh, go and check out how uh, uh, some of the tech uh, techies are living that side. Uh, talk to us briefly about, I guess, the genesis of that particular trip um, and how it intersected with uh, the Huawei Connect 2019 conference. Yeah, so Huawei hosts this uh, Huawei Connect event for their partners, developers, and the community at large. Um, so we were one of the invited uh, participants in, in, in this uh, session, or at least the, this event, and we uh, visited China, obviously to attend the event, but we also visited a couple of other, um, you know, important uh, uh, divisions within the organization and got to interact with the, the leaders of the organization. And that really got us to, at least myself, to have a better understanding of what's happening and what could be happening mm. And, uh, you know, I remember, I think it was just over a year ago, uh, going to a launch of a pilot 5G mast or network uh, in Hatfield in Pretoria. And uh, it was from one of the telecoms providers. But uh, the partner who had set up that infrastructure was Huawei. And similar uh, to uh, many other places in the world, even in the United Kingdom, much of the pilot 5G infrastructure or network infrastructure across the world uh, largely has, you know, that red logo of Huawei. Uh, on uh, the uh, masts there. Uh, just talk to us briefly about you know the role of Huawei in 5G, and more importantly, uh, we heard Rain announcing uh, uh, you know their 5G SIM card. Uh, uh, what is the role of Huawei in that? And uh, I guess where are we in terms of that uh, in light of some of the utterances of Donald Trump and uh, I guess uh, the standoff between him and his counterpart Xi Jinping? Yeah, so that's a 
an interesting part of uh, Huawei as an organization. I mean, you would know that uh, they, uh, they manufacture devices as well, but they're also involved in what I consider to be one of the most important infrastructure, and that is a 5G. Um, they, they, they are behind the implementation of 5G network in various countries, including South Africa. You mentioned the RAIN uh, that is also implementing uh, 5G in the country recently, and they, 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 they are very much instrumental in that. But you also mentioned uh, the, the U.S. President Donald Trump. This technology is behind the, the, this impasse, and that um, essentially 5G is the main uh, technology that will make it possible for us to leapfrog to, towards this fourth industrial revolution. So whoever has the right technology to make these dreams that we have of the fourth industrial revolution is, is, is really standing, in, it will actually lead a society. So while we uh, have this technology and, and, and they are really not around the world, so it is really behind some of the challenges that you often hear about around this organization. Mm, mm. So, so, I mean, many of us often hear about this 5G, what it would mean, and, and a lot of people speak about it in terms of faster speeds, much better latency, and uh, all of that. But, yeah. but I'm quite interested in the business cases. I'm interested in the stuff that is going to, you know, be game-changing and epoch-making that's going to come with yeah. the 5G thing that we haven't seen with 4G. I mean, if you're going to say to me faster speeds, I'm going to be like, yeah, sure. Uh, yes, I had internet before. Now that it's faster, okay, sure, you know, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. But what are some of the other things that uh, certainly we haven't seen now that are going to be novel and uh, maybe innovative and new associated with the 5G? Yeah. So so in that case, there are case studies that we know about that are already taking place in other parts of the world and that give us a sense of what will happen in the future. So take, for instance, the, uh, the mining sector. Uh, we talk of smart mining. What does that mean? It means that in future, or at least in some parts of the world, this is already happening, at least in future for us, it will be possible for the miners, the people that are expected to go under the ground, they will be able to sit in an office and to be able to mine. So there would be no need for them to go in underground, but a truck will go and there will be devices that will be the ones that are conducting the, the extraction. So there would be no need for human being to, to go directly there. So what will have, what would enable that? That's 5G. For instance, the vehicle that will be driving itself, or the truck that will be driving itself towards this environment, it will be driven or at least enabled by 5G. Mm. Now, for, for it to be able to do that, it needs faster uh, connectivity. It would be difficult for it to carry out the task without the, the, the faster connectivity. And that's where 5G comes in. Maybe an easier example is if you think about the, the autonomous cars. Autonomous cars, the cars that drive themselves, they need to make quicker decisions. If it notices something that requires it to stop, it needs to stop immediately. If it needs to turn, it needs to that immediately. So all of that is enabled by faster connectivity. That is why we need 5G mm. to enable these dreams that we talk of to be possible. So. Yeah. So it's, so it's beyond even just our mobile devices, but it's functionality at a higher level, sure. in health, in education, and all that. Okay. Let's talk about some of those mobile devices. Many of the uh, listeners uh, would be familiar with Huawei through those mobile devices, and uh, a lot of them would have been anxious and uncertain about uh, the future of the Android uh, operating system on those uh, devices. What's the future of uh, uh, the operating system 
uh, that is existing on these. And, uh, of course, also we'd heard uh, that Huawei would launch its own operating system. Where are we with that? And uh, what's the latest in terms of uh, the mobile phone offerings of Huawei? That's correct. So like, just a little bit of background. I think it's important to just remind our listeners that the, the threat or the, the cloud that's hanging over Huawei is that Android may not work in these phones uh, potentially in the future, although that's highly unlikely. But uh, what we know, at least from my observations and uh, you know the discussions there and the presentation that I got to listen to, we know that Huawei has, has developed their own operating system. So in other words, an alternative to Android that would work on their mobile phones. It's important to, to note that this uh, operating system is not just designed for mobile phones. It's actually designed for Internet of Things. So uh, uh, Internet of Things that include, obviously, um, phones. So it would be all things that are smart, whether it be uh, a watch or a device that is an object sitting at your home or anything that is really connected. It will use this operating system. So the, the, we are told that they are ready to implement it when it's necessary on mobile phones. At this stage, obviously, it's more ideal for them to still stick around with uh, Android uh, because it has uh, more applications. In other words, you can get more services on it, and developers prefer it. Mm. They what do they mean by that, when it's ready? I mean, it's a very cryptic message, right? Uh, yeah. We're ready to launch when we are ready. Like, really? I mean... What do they mean by that? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I get it. I think, the, the remember, it, 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 it wasn't necessarily designed for mobile phones. It is ready for, it is, I think they, they're already using it in other, in other um, um, equipment that they, 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 they put together. But they haven't used it for mobile phones. Remember, for mobile phones, a simple thing like a map, for instance, mm. that uh, uh, Google has mastered. It's, it's important for you to have that. And, mm. and they, 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 they are a little bit behind in as far as those things. And for other applications as well that you can imagine. So in that sense, uh, you know, it, one would argue that it's not ready for our mobile phones in that sense. But there's something else that was quite interesting for me that they announced there that is related to their open strategy with the, the direct impact to the speed at which they can develop more applications for, 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 for their own authorities. Mm. Can I go into that quickly? Well, yeah, yeah. Please do. Yeah. So, so open source or the open strategy is what makes it possible for these technology companies to develop more products or more services. So, if you look at your Android uh, device or the Google-enabled operating system, it has applications. There, there, there are millions of these applications. The same is true for Apple as well. Now, for that to be possible. You can't do that with your staff or your workforce only. You need basically a community of developers to develop this. Now, that is what Huawei has, has, has managed to, to announce at this, at, at this uh, conference, that they are going to spend about $22 billion, uh towards uh, developers. And those are not just developers, uh, essentially. They, they include startups, university students, mm. They are partners already. So essentially, it says if they have, let's say, 100 developers internally, and there's about, let's say, 100,000 developers globally, they have invited those developers to come into their ecosystem and develop for their own platform. You get what I mean? Mm. So they, 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 they are positioning themselves uh, in such a way that they can, they can tap into the skills of people globally 
will want to not just develop for mobile phones, but, but for the technologies of the future, because that's more attractive. Because uh, that's, that's not what other vendors have done already. No one has developed an operating system that can work beyond just smartphones, that can work on cars, that can work mm. on smart homes, and all these other things. Wow. But this is what Huawei has done. So um, the, the point really here is that um, it's a matter of time before Huawei can really uh, make a huge impact in this space through its operating system. And obviously, this uh, trade war would come in, and uh, I mean, we don't know what will happen to the current leadership in the U.S., that will also impact as to whether they do want to go their own or they remain within the average. Mm, 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 mm. Wesley, last question on my end before I let you go. And I guess you've started to touch on it there. It's the geopolitical concerns. You know, with that kind of technology, which uh, by all accounts is much far ahead uh, than what uh, is being developed in the West. Uh, I'm quite interested in uh, how you then see this uh, particular uh, impasse between Beijing and Washington playing itself out when we know that much of the center of this particular debate is not just about trade policy. It's trade policy in particular as it relates to the world of intellectual property. Uh, that might be software, it might be electronics, it might be you know, even processes uh, rather than just products. But all of it is really around knowledge and the intellectual property uh, and uh, I guess uh, the big issues there around who is ahead, much like what with what we had with the space race during the Cold War. Yeah. Uh, where do you see this ending and what would be the worst case scenario for China and for Huawei? You know, what it, what it does, it does tell the manufacturers of these devices that it's not ideal to rely on one uh, provider. For instance, right now we have two operating systems. So anyone anywhere in the world who is reliant on either iOS or at least Android will find a way, we realize the need for alternatives. It also, uh, you know, currently the world is integrated. It does create a world that is a little bit disintegrated in the sense that if now you're going to have China or let's take Huawei as an example, are developing their own operating system, we will have other countries buying into their ecosystem. And the same is true for other ecosystems that exist. So you have a disintegrated world. But I think the, the, the future is such that, uh, you know, well, we'll emerge victorious, I think, um, because, you know, there are countries that uh, that buy into their worldview. Um, you know, the BRICS nations, for instance, um, and, and others that uh, buy into their philosophy. So. To, to, to me, this does create a very interesting world uh, where uh, technology is divided along the lines of these political alliances. And I think uh, it's probably a good thing, but I, it, it would have been ideal for it not to be like this. Mm. I'd rather have an integrated world uh, instead of a disintegrated world. Yeah, we'll have to leave it there, my brother. Wesley, always Thank a pleasure you. catching up with you and I uh, really appreciate you. Uh, taking time out uh, to speak to us and, uh, and of course, sharing your insights from your travels uh, in China. That there is Wesley Dipuku. He is Thank the you, uh, founder and uh, editor at uh, Infonomist and also uh, the tech writer at the uh, Business Report. Speaking to us this evening about uh, the foray that Huawei is making into 5G and the Internet of Things. And if you were just thinking uh, the software or operating system debate is just about what powers your smartphone? 
Well, think about what might power your fridge or your car or your couch or even that home entertainment system.